with my message that I started. Paul Ridgeway did a great job. Um, amen. Can I hear an amen? Paul is a great man. And I thank God for his heart. And we were blessed by his ministry. And uh, also I want to acknowledge uh, Pastor Roy, who is currently in Calvert, our church in Calvert. And uh, ministering there. He ministered on Wednesday. And uh, he always brings uh, a solid word of God uh, from God's throne. So we thank God for those people. Father, I just want to ask that your spirit will speak to us today. And give us full understanding from your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Title the message, Blind Eyes Can See. Blind eyes can now see. And we're drawing from uh, John chapter 9, just talking about going through the scriptures and learning from that particular story of the man who was born blind that Jesus healed and drawing lessons of faith from that scripture, uh, what, what God gave to us in, uh, in John chapter 9. And those of you watching over television, recognize that God's coming to you And there are two kinds of blindness. There is spiritual blindness and there is a natural blindness. And I'm going to let you know, spiritual blindness is worse than natural blindness. If you are blind spiritually, uh, you can never see. But if you are blind naturally and you believe God, then your spiritual eyes are open. When your spiritual eyes get open, you get your natural eyes open as well. Amen? Because Jesus will heal you. By the grace of God, I've actually seen blind eyes open in this ministry. We've seen blind, led him being totally blind, led by somebody because they couldn't see with milky eyes. And we're saying, oh Lord, help us. And actually saw the lady walk out by herself because Jesus healed her. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, in this story, in John chapter 9, this man was born blind. Now, my question to you is this. Can you meet somebody that you've never met before and you know that he was born blind? Is it possible for you to just tell by looking at him that this man was born blind? It's impossible unless you know the person or you know the history. But there was something unusual about this man that gave his blindness, the nature of his blindness away. They could tell he was born blind. And so the disciples said, man, this is a tough case. Who sinned? Who sinned? My understanding and what I believe is that this man was born without eyes. Amen? Just thick skin. And we've had that in Kenya. A child who was born with just thick skin, no opening. And God opened, gave that child brand new eyes. But I think that's the same situation here. That's my belief. Because you can't see somebody and just know by seeing him that he was born blind. You want to find out what happened. But the disciples looked at him and they said, Who sinned? This is horrible. Who sinned that this man was born blind? The, these parents or this guy? And I'm wondering, how could he have sinned? He was born blind, okay? I mean, he was born blind. He had no time to sin before he was born. So who sinned? But you know, Jesus never opposed them. He said, not this man, not this man, and not his parents. This sin is not from them. But Jesus acknowledged that sin can cause you to be sick. Sin can cause you to be blind. But this morning, I want to start by focusing on the words of Jesus himself. In verse 4 of John chapter 9, he says, I must walk the works of him who sent me. I must walk the works of him who sent me. 
while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. I must walk the work of him that sent me. While it is day, the night comes when no man can work. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Let me put it this way. When you are sent by God, you are light. Once God has sent you, you are the light of the world. So, put it the other way, if Jesus is said to you that you are the light of the world, what that means is you have been sent. Jesus said in, in, in Matthew chapter 5, he said, you are the light of the world. And we think, this little light of mine, do you remember that? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Well, God doesn't give anybody little light. Your little light won't light the world. You are the light of the world. But if you are the light of the world, that means you have been sent as well. And if you have been sent to fulfill what God sent you to do, to make the one who sent you happy, pleased with what you're doing, then you must have the same attitude that Jesus had, who said, I must walk the walks of him that sent me while it is day. And I asked the other time, did Jesus heal anybody at night? Obviously he did. So Jesus wasn't talking about night and day. Your lifetime as a Christian is your day. You have one day to work for your God. Just one day. Every day that passes reduces the number of hours you have to work for God in this life. And it's only what you do for God that will matter when this life is over. I know we are chasing over after every all kinds of things. We want wealth, we want peace, and we want all of that. We go to job, and we, we are faithful in our job. We do well in our job. But God has given you an assignment in His kingdom. Are you after your father's business? Is he pleased with what he gave you to do? You are the light of the world and you must walk the works of him who sent you. You have been sent by God. I used to think if I'm sent by God, I should be a preacher. No, that's wrong. You have something to do for the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things that they are working together. God said, I will add it to you. Focus on what God sent you to do and God will take care of the rest. That's what God is saying. He said, I want you to focus more on what I have called you to do. Not all of these things, houses and lands and all of that stuff. Because he says, I will add those things to you. But the thing that's truly important for you is to do what God created you to do. You were created for his glory. To give him glory. Whatever happens to your life. Gives him glory. My prayer this day, my, let me put it this way. On, there's a day that's coming that the story of your life is going to be told before God. There is a day that's coming when the story of your life is going to be expressed before everyone to hear. 
The whole universe, Jesus will be there, the apostles will be there, the angels will be there, and your story is going to be told. God has enough time to listen to your story of your life. He's called eternity. Your story, story of your life is going to be told. And these days I've been praying to God, please change the story of my life. Make it beautiful. The story of your life is going to be told. I must walk the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night comes when no one can work. Every hour that passes, every day that passes, every year that passes, I have reduced number of minutes to work for my God. I've got to work for him. People are so concerned about different things. That's why Jesus said to Mary, you have chosen the better part. Because you are sitting before the word of God and your life is being transformed so that you can fulfill what God called you to do. It's so important to be before God and to imbibe all those great things. Things that Jesus said, there were many prophets of old, great men of old. They wanted to hear the words that you're hearing now. They wanted to see great prophets. They wanted to see what you are seeing now. They had no privilege. And here we are in the New Testament time, and we're not doing anything. We're relaxing. It's hard to call them to prayer. It's hard to get them to church. I'm so tired. i got something else to do. I'm really busy, Pastor. I'm busy making money, Pastor. God's really blessed. Me. I can't be in church anymore, uh, but I'll try to come sometime and all that kind of stuff. But God's called you to do something great for Him. It's time to work for God. It's time to work for God. In Romans 13 verse 12, the Bible tells us, The night is fast spent. The day is at hand. In other words, the day is approaching rapidly. The night is fast spent. The day is at hand. And he says, because you know the day is at hand. He says, therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness. You know, darkness has works. And light has works. If you are sent as light, you are sent to work. And if you are sent as darkness, you got work to do. Satan is giving those who is called uh, into the the kingdom of darkness, he has a lot of work for them to do. They are busy smoking marijuana and all of that stuff, okay? Uh, Hello? And staying late at night, (laughs) drinking. He's working like this to his home. And he says, I was lightning. He said, I had a good time. So what about the headache you're having this morning? Uh, I had a good time. Sit and give him work to do. But he's also giving you work to do. And the Bible says we shouldn't be drunk. We should be sober. And we must do the works of him who called us. The one who, the one who called us. The night is fast spent. Notice what he said. <clears throat> The night, <coughs> excuse me, is the night. Everything that's happening here on the earth is night. They're walking in the night. That's why Jesus said, as long as you as a Christian, you are on the earth, you are the only light they got. They're in the night. Jesus said, as long as I'm in the, on the earth, I am the light of the world. 
Because all they have is nights. And the day is approaching. When Jesus comes, the night is put away. But God has given us one day to work. And because we are the light, they have light. You have to give light to them. They have no light unless you give them light. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. Life is tasteless without you, without you. So you are so important in this world as a Christian. And I recognize that. So I'm asking God, please change the story of my life. Change the story of my life. You know, we were on vacation in Jamaica there. And um, my wife was determined because she heard last Sunday, uh, the Sunday before we left, I was saying, make a commitment. I mean, he made a commitment to bring somebody to Christ. That's the only thing to do. God wants more children. He sent his son to bring many sons unto glory. And God's looking to me to bring them in. That's the job. That's why Jesus came to the earth. No other reason. Jesus didn't come to to build houses for himself. He came for just one reason. To bring many sons unto God. His life and his death were for that very same purpose. Now he's left that to us. He is the light. He was sent. Whenever God sends a person, you become light. Because God is light. And he, in him, there is no darkness at all. So when God sends an individual, you become light. So Jesus was sent. He became the light of the world. Jesus sent us. We are now the light of the world. We need him. question is, are you following the light? You know, in John (coughs) chapter 8, Jesus had gone through healing, uh, well, not really protecting the woman and saving the woman's life. The The one who was caught in the act of adultery, remember that woman? And the man came and said, the leader said, she was caught in the very act of it. And I'm wondering, if she was caught in the very act, where is the guy? Why are you bringing only the lady? She can't be caught in the act of adultery by herself without no guy. Where is the guy? Bring him also so we can stone him. But when men judge, they are partial. God doesn't judge that way. They only brought the woman. And Jesus, you know the story, he spoke to them. He said to them, the one among you that hasn't sinned, you'll be the first one to throw the stone. And the older guy started numbering all of the sins he's committed. And he decided, well, this is too much. He left. Everybody left. And in John chapter 8, 
beginning from verse 10, Jesus raised himself up and saw no one but the woman. He said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, no. No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Right after Jesus said that, Jesus began to say this. He said, then Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. Have you heard that before? He's saying the same thing. I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Let me let you know this. Light never condemns. Jesus said, I don't condemn you. I, I don't condemn you either. He forgave her sin and then empowered her. I used to think Jesus was telling her, woman, you better not sin again. Jesus was empowering her to be free from the power of sin. Go and sin no more. When God speaks something to you, that's exactly what's going to happen. Go and sin no more. She was empowered from that day on to live for God and not to go back to that. And then Jesus began to tell them, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but you will have the light of life. Let me tell you, you can have life and live your life in darkness. But you can have light of life that will guide you through life so you don't make horrible mistakes. Your children won't have to suffer because of your mistakes. They won't have to have difficult times because of your mistakes or sins and everything because you had no light. But when you accept Jesus and you follow the light, then you will have not light, you will have the light of life. Your life has been touched by God and so you have that light. To live for God. But notice it says, follow the light. Not gaze at the light. Follow the light. Not appreciate the light. Follow the light. A lot of people say, well, Jesus was a good man. (laughs) That's not what God is asking for. He was a great prophet. No. He's a, he was the son of God. Some people acknowledge that. Jesus was the son of God. Yes, but are you following him? Follow the light so that you can have light. The light of life. You want to truly make it in life? You want to accomplish something that God will appreciate when God looks down? From heaven or when your story is told on the last day. God appreciate, because, appreciate what you've done because you followed the light. Jesus said, all those that followed me, all of you that followed me while I was on earth ministering, God will make you sit on my, on my right and on my left, sitting in power when it's all over. Follow that light. You got to follow him. Not appreciate it. 
You know, a lot of Christians get saved and they don't follow the light. You can't get them to go to church. They don't want to go to church. They don't read the Bibles. They don't pray. If you're not doing those things, those things won't get you to heaven. But if you know the light, then follow the light. And one of the things you must do to follow the light is to spend time praying before God. Some Christians go through months without saying a word to God. What kind of a relationship is that? You are in your, with your husband in the same house. And you say to me, we haven't said even hi for the last three months. I would say, Lord, help this family. <laughs> Something is wrong. When you speak to your child, your child gets to hear your voice. And they speak back to you. And there is an understanding in the home. And when there's a problem in the home, it's the problem. Even though it's coming from the child, it's the family's problem. I know when my children have problems, it's already my problem. Amen. Once they say it to me, I'm already part of it. And so when you follow the light and you are part of God's family, when you have a problem, he's become the problem of the family of God. That's why God said, speak, pray to me so I can hear you and I take care of your problems. Pay your school fees and all of that stuff. Amen. That's the God we serve. Many times we want to put him just like, God up there, the Spirit. Ooh, the Spirit. He's the Father. He's the person. God is the person. He's the Father. He's called our Heavenly Father. That's the Father of all fathers. He knows how to be a father. But if you don't walk in the light as he is in the light, you can read in 1 John Chapter 1, I believe it's 5 there through 7. If you walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Only as you walk in the light, then you fellowship with with light. So when you worship God, you read your Bible, you are fellowshipping with light. And so you have the light of life. Those of you on television today, you may, have, you may pray with me to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. Find a good church. Go to that church. Be the pastor's best friend. <laughs> if you're really smart, that's what Elijah did with Elijah, right? Everybody was saying all kinds of stuff. And he says, I, you can't get rid of me, Elijah. You, you die trying. I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying with you. You got something I want. Amen. So go to church. And let God begin to walk in your life. Walk in the light. You know how did Jesus heal this person? He demonstrated his Godhead. Remember I told you? I believe that there was just thick skin over this man's eyes. And Jesus wanted to show how God did it. Amen? In the very beginning when he created mankind. He had never healed any other blind man this way. Except the one who was born blind. Amen? He spat on the ground. And he made clay. Just like God did when he created Adam. Amen? He made clay. And he anointed the man's eyes. And then he did something. He sent him to a pool called Salome. And the name of that pool means sent. 
Amen? The pole is called what? Saint. But Jesus had already declared, I must walk the work of him who sent me. And then he healed the man by sending him to a pool called Saint. Jesus is the Saint One. And if you want your eyes open, go to this pool called Saint. His name is Jesus. You don't have to go to Jerusalem and say, where is that pool that that man washed his hands? I need to wash my eyes. No. Go to Jesus. He is the one that sent. And baptize yourself in him. If you are blind, you will come out seen. You know, in Psalm 107 verse 20, it says, he sent his word. Amen. He sent his word and healed them. Again, he's the word sent. Jesus was sent to us by God to bring us healing, to save our lives. So Jesus said, I came, sent, I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly. If you are not having abundant life, it's not because Jesus is denying you. Something is not right. Line up with the word, follow the light, and you will have the light of life. He came that they might have life and have it more abundantly. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. And then he added in verse 21, Oh, that men will give thanks to the Lord. Oh, that because he sent to heal us. You, all you need to do is thank Him. Oh, that people appreciate what God's doing. That's when you will really see His power. Oh, that men will give thanks to the Lord for His goodness. Goodness for what? To heal us. And to deliver us from all our destructions. Everything that will reduce your life as a human being that God created in His image. God wants to take those things out of your life. And He says you must oh. I wish men truly understand God's goodness enough. You will be giving God thanks. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for his goodness towards the sons of men. We give him thanks. And for all his wonderful works to the children of men. It's like God's working for you. Amen? God's working for you to make it good for your life. Amen? God's working for you. I'm going to say to you as a servant of God, Things are about to change in your life. Amen? I know from Isaiah 44, verse 26, he says, God fulfills the words of his servant. He does them. And while I was reading that scripture, we were on vacation, and God is saying, God was saying to me, he's talking about you as I was reading that scripture. And I said, really? I know that God sent me. He says, he, if he does the counsel of his messengers. I have no doubt that I'm his messenger. Amen. So when I tell you something, I expect God to do it. I expect he confirms the words of his servant and performs the counsel of his messengers. I am God's messenger. When I tell you he's going to be well, guess what? You just need to believe. Not because of me, but because I am a messenger. And I know God has sent me. And since I know God, that's not to elevate my person, but I accept what God said about me. 
Amen. And I believe it. And so I can speak to you by the power of his name. Things are going to be well. You don't have to be afraid. If there is a God, he's going to take care of you. Can I hear an amen? God's going to take care of you. God's going to take care of your problem. All you need to do is walk in the light. As he is in the light, then you have fellowship. We have fellowship with him, with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sins. And we're doing well in the house of God. Amen. That's not the anointing. That's just me. (laughs) But God loves you. God loves you dearly. And all you have to do is follow him. Forget people. I'm going to conclude with this. Forget what people think. These days, from the days, because I suffered so much when I was a new Christian, just following, you know, one, uh, 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 should I call him a crazy pastor or something? But after I read the word of God, I challenged my pastor. I said, where did you get all these crazy things you've been teaching us? We can't find it. I can't, I've read through the scriptures. I can't find it there. He said, you want me to show? I said, yes, pastor, you need to show me because I can't find what you're teaching me. He taught us that going to university, you want to get a little bit. I mean, when you're a new Christian, I was ready to do whatever God says through his servant. But this servant was really not God's servant. (laughs) Now I know. But he taught us that going to university was embracing the universe. So we shouldn't go to school. And I thought, oh my God, if that's the case, I'll let that go. But, you know, as a child, as a Christian, I wanted to do what was right. But even though I heard my pastor doing that, saying that, and I was obeying him secretly, I was studying the scriptures to find out where he got that from. <laughs> and after I realized he was lying to me, I confronted pastor. Now, in my country, you know, you don't talk to an elder very much. You are very respectful. To a, it's a man, he may, he, I was in my 20s, and he was in his 60s, and we have a lot of respect. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, but, Pastor, where did you get that stuff? He said, you, you want me to tell you? I said, yes. Just show me the scripture. He went, hmm. So you want me to tell you? I, yes, sir. You got to show me today. And I was ready for a real fight. And he said, he said to me, I can't show you. I said, Pastor, then I want, you to be, I want you to know from now on, I don't believe any of that word anymore. <laughs> Pastor said, you have to stay and believe whatever I tell you, or you will have to leave. I said, that's real easy, Pastor. I'm leaving. <laughs> oh, yes. I left, and I never turned back. I was gone. But from then on, I decided, if you don't show me from the scriptures, I'm not listening to you. Let them all praise you. I got to see it in the book. But once you show me in the book, you are my best friend. Because I want to walk in the light as he is in the light. And if I take the word of God, then I'm blessed. But if I follow man's opinions, then it's a real curse upon my life. And so we got to follow God. Amen? Bow your eyes with me. Bow your heads with me. I don't know how you can bow your eyes, but... <laughs> Hey, cut that off from television. <laughs> oh, gosh. Only God knows what pastors speak. <laughs> Bow your heads with me, please. That's what I meant. And close your eyes. 
And let's be reverent to, the, to our God. Please know today that He truly loves you. And no matter what you're going through, He knows exactly the number of your hair. He knows. And He's going to take care of you. But first thing is to follow the light. There are some of us that have made a commitment to Christ, but we're not following the light. And God has spoken to you today, and you know I need to follow the light. I know about Jesus. I have given my life to Jesus. Or maybe you haven't, but today you want to follow the light. That I'm talking to you today in the name of our Lord. If you're here today, and you say, God, I want to follow that light. I want to follow the light. All you need to do is raise your hand today, and let me see that hand, and I'll pray for you. And God will hear our prayers. Thank you, sir. He's already raised his hand. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. I see your hands back there. Thank you so much. Thank you. Please raise your hand at the count of three. One, two, three. Please put your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you. Thank you. I see those hands. Amen. Now, open your eyes and, and look at me. What I need you to do, there is a scripture in... Uh, uh, Romans chapter 10 and I need to take my time this is very important because this is about heaven's business and uh, I'm not here just to be a pastor and preach no, no I want to see you in heaven that's my number one thing I pray to God even the television ministry that's where my heart is I want souls saved that's important I want you to go to heaven but there's a scripture in, in Romans chapter 10 beginning from verse 9 it says, if you believe with your heart and you confess with your mouth, then you're saved. Just two things to do. How many of us today truly believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? If, you, if you're that person, please put your hand up. Every, everyone, if you don't believe it, there's no need. But you truly believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Put your hand down. How many here today truly believe that Jesus died for your personal sin. If you truly believe that with all of your heart, please put your hand up real high. Good, good, good. That's wonderful. But the Bible talks about another thing. He says, you must confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Savior. Now, all of you said you believe in that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe everybody here said that you believe that he died for your sins. Now, what I want you to do is to say from your mouth out loud that Jesus is now my Savior. Are you all willing to say that? And you're going to say it like you mean it? I need you to do that. I have something I want to share, to share with you after you've done that. But if you didn't say that, believe me, what you've done is deliberately decided in your heart, I don't want that. But if you say that with your heart, something is going to happen to you today. I guarantee you by heaven's power. Now say it with me. Jesus Christ is now my Savior. Say that again. Jesus Christ is now my Savior. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. You know the Bible says, if you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved. Everyone that said that and you really meant it from your heart, I want to let you know today, your name has been written in God's book of life. 
If you die today, you go right to heaven. Because God cannot lie. He said, if you believe with your heart and you say it with your mouth, your name is written in heaven. He says, God is rich unto all that call upon his name. And you said that today. But the most important thing after that is what you do with your salvation. Are you going to find a good church to attend? I recommend this one. Amen? (laughs) I recommend this one. Come back. Let us teach you. Amen? Stand up with me this morning. We're going to say a word of prayer and receive Christ into our hearts. And then we'll take our offering. Say with me, everyone. Dear Lord, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life. Be the Lord of my life. Thank you, Lord, for writing my name in your book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Before we take an offering, my wife talked about uh, the um, connection card.